Welcome to the Shortcuts to Public Speaking Success podcast from award-winning speaker Shola Kay. This is the audio version of Shola's weekly video blog. Be sure to visit sholakay.com slash blog where you'll find loads of video tips with helpful written summaries. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another video and podcast from me. And I'm really excited because today I have my first ever podcast guest. And uh, my podcast is all about keeping it short and snappy. And that's why it's called Shortcuts to Public Speaking Success. But I get so many people who either join my Facebook group or they approach me because they have fear of speaking and they're desperate to speak. They know it's for them, but they just want to somehow get past that initial hurdle. And so what I thought I would do today is interview a renowned expert on fear of speaking who works with all manner of people to help them banish their fear. And uh, that's why I'm so happy today to have Olivia James, who is a confidence coach, I'm reading her bio now, and she's also a therapist and she works with executives, entrepreneurs, performers and professional speakers to help them overcome their fears and anxiety. And did you hear that? Professional speakers suffer from fear of speaking also. She's a confidence and resilience specialist and she runs a trauma and anxiety clinic in Harley Street. So Olivia, welcome. Hello, thanks for inviting me. Not at all. I'm super psyched to have you here. And um, in the spirit of keeping these short, we're not going to ramble on for hours and hours. So guys out there, just know you're going to get some really good, good, juicy, pithy help today. And it's going to be in that condensed format that um, I know and love. And I think you do too. And uh, Olivia, really, really pleased to have you. And um, I'd just like to jump straight in, really. I mean, maybe you could just tell us uh, uh, in a uh, just a, a sort of very punchy way, how you got into doing what you're doing? Um, so yes, so, so I've been a therapist for about 20 years, and in the last seven years, I started to specialise more in helping people with anxiety. And as you know, a huge part of people's anxiety is speaking and public speaking. So I started to get referrals. Um, Probably like five years ago, I worked with an oil executive that had a big speech coming up and I helped him with that and it was very successful. And since then, I've worked with a lot more speakers. And as you say, including professional speakers, uh, because also, they also suffer from anxiety. You say they have a new situation that, that's coming up or a bigger, a bigger gig, like a keynote to 700 people when they've never done a big audience like that before or something super, super high profile, like a TEDx talk, that's going to be recorded and it's gonna be on the internet forevermore associated with somebody's name. So no pressure there. So even professional speakers sometimes need a little bit of extra help and they come to me uh, for that. Fantastic, brilliant. So we, we certainly have the right person here in the right place today. So I'm going to jump in with a few questions and Olivia has promised us that she's actually going to give us a demo of a technique she uses that will help you to reduce your public speaking anxiety. So super excited about that. But the first question is, why do some people get so scared of public speaking? And uh, as someone, I'm, I'm, I myself, I'm a performer, but is, is fear of speaking the same as stage fright that performers and actors sometimes suffer from? That's a good question. Um, what's happening physiologically 
if somebody has stage fright or a fear of public speaking, an actor with stage fright or somebody with fear of public speaking, physiologically, the body is going into a defense mode. So your body is, is reacting as though, as though you're under physical attack, which is why often all the blood rushes to your vital organs. And this is when people can start to go blank and forget their lines. So um, what's happening in the body is the same thing. Now, there's a really interesting distinction where some people, some actors are totally fine with lines but they wouldn't be fine standing up and talking their own, telling their own personal story. All right. There's a smile of recognition right there. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. obviously telling your own personal story is psychologically much more revealing than standing up and, and reading lines. Does that, does that ring true with you? You know what? Not with me personally, but I tend to speak to actors who say, my gosh, how can you be a public speaker? I could never share my story. And you think, well, hold on, you're up there all the time being exposed. Yes. But as you say, it, it, there's different things going on in the mind. It's exactly. So there, there are, the human brain is very complex. So it starts to perceive danger in different ways. So if somebody's had, um, I'm a trauma therapist as well, as you know. So if somebody's had, uh, a lot of experience of being uh, told to shut up as a child, for example, or laughed at in the classroom. There can be associations with standing up and speaking in front of people is not safe. So often this is where some of these phobias can start. And the, the distinction between an actor and somebody telling their own story, you can see where, where those, some of those hooks could, could start. Mm. right mm. absolutely absolutely so you, do you find you get quite a few actors and performers coming to you i and have worked yes go on i was just going to say and if they do is it because they're changing to becoming speakers or is it just because something's gone in the way of their performance and they sometimes something's got in the way uh, i worked with an actress um a while ago who'd had a really bad experience um she'd gone blank on stage when she was 15 and since then, she was avoiding roles where she had to learn too many lines. Mm -hmm. So it was really limiting her career and the, and the kind of parts that she would uh, audition for. So, um, so we did some work and it helped her massively reduce that anxiety. And she felt more able to then start different roles. Because often when somebody's had a trauma like that, the comfort zone becomes smaller right? And you, you, all, you all know about that as a performer. Um, and so even very famous actors suffer from stage frights and um, have had bad experiences with um, Stephanie Cole, the actress has been interviewed in stage, um, where she's talking about not feeling like there's enough support for people that, that can't remember their lines and feeling like and then when somebody feels that they, they don't have enough support, they, they can become even more stressed and anxious, which kind of makes the problem worse, right? Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, it's so great to hear that, you know, debunking this myth that just because somebody has had some acting training or has been on stage a lot, that they suddenly their fear just goes poof and they, they never experience it again, because it's clearly not true. Okay. So um, 
How do you treat public speaking phobias and anxiety? Because I've heard so many great reports about your work and, and how quickly you can turn things around for people. And uh, I'd, I'd just love to know, like, what are some of your um, inside secrets? I'd love to know. So I will work with people directly on the, on the anxiety level. Um, in my in my consulting room i will i will teach them the technique that i'm going to be sharing with your audience later and also i will look for specific incidents where that have led to this anxiety and then coupled with that because once somebody has once the anxiety has been reduced the person still needs to know what to do right mm -hmm. so they still need to know how to structure a speech and how to move and you know how how to um i know you're an expert in this as well like how about the actual techniques so once you know all those things and your anxiety has been reduced then you feel more able to actually start to um to go out and speak mm. somebody is terrified and they haven't got a clue what to do or to say then it's a bit of a non-starter <laughs> Mm, absolutely and as I mentioned I get people in my Facebook group a lot who say I'm here because I have this horrible fear of public speaking and they just know that the other side you know if they just reach over and sort of manage to sort of cross the, 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 the chasm that there there's this amazing opportunity for them but at the moment they're just being completely blocked yes and that's uh, why we yes so and great. of course avoidance is a really good coping strategy because it keeps people safe um yes so uh but also there's a fear of dread so i worked with a with a an nhs executive who'd had a really bad experience on stage and had gone blank in front of 100 colleagues and since then her main strategy was to basically avoid public speaking which was of course as an expert was massively um making her sort of like restricting her career and her career progress but it was keeping her safe mm. uh but obviously that's uh as chris tarrant used to say but we don't want to give you that we want to actually help people uh so they can they're not restricted by their fear so then if they choose to speak at a conference or make a video whatever then they have the choice and they can do it rather than so terrified that they're that avoidance becomes their, their coping strategy. Mm. And they feel awful because they know they're avoiding it. Yeah, I hear that people pull in sick days and just all the, the, the excuses that people yes. make to avoid having to speak at that company meeting. Yes. It's, it's crazy, the things you hear. So, uh, so yeah, definitely great to get it out of the way. So tell me, how quickly can the, this anxiety be overturned and, and just got rid of i guess everyone's different but yeah. you know, what, what are some of the extremes of how long it can take um it can be as short as as one session to reduce a massive part of it whether you completely get rid of anxiety i think it is possible to completely get rid of anxiety but most speakers probably i don't know what your experience is of there a, a little bit of anxiety is not a bad thing it's where it becomes crippling right um 
there are obviously a lot of there is there are a lot of um really useless pieces of advice that people are given uh about if somebody so there's um obviously the old chestnut of just imagine the audience naked um which apparently was advice that was given to winston churchill who as you know, a great orator, as a young man, apparently was very, very scared of public speaking. And this was the, the advice he was given. Now, this probably isn't going to work for most people. And um, <laughs> the, other, the other common piece of advice that's given is a, what's known as a reframe, where the person is told, no, 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 you're not nervous, it's excitement. So it's like a reappraisal of your symptoms. Now, physiologically, your body is reacting as if you're in danger. So just uh, reframing it for most people isn't actually going to make them feel any better. And most people are going to feel worse because they think, well, this, this is meant to work for other people. It still hasn't worked for me. Mm. So the trick really is to start reducing your nervous system activation so your body isn't reacting as though you're in physical danger and just wants to punch somebody or run away or freeze mm. um, on stage so and the best speakers that, that that I've certainly seen do appear very confident on stage and are settled because we all know that awful feeling when you're watching somebody speak and you know they're terrified and as an audience member, you can't relax, can you? Mm, no, no. So an element or a small element of, of, of good, helpful nerves are, are helpful. But for many people, uh, a lot of it can be, can be reduced down, right down to, to minimal levels. Mm, okay, great. Well, that, that's good to hear, I'm sure. So what, what would you say is the easiest and most accessible technique that people can use to start reducing some of these, this anxiety and these nerves? Yeah, so there's a really, really barking mad looking technique called uh, tapping or EFT or emotional uh, freedom techniques that um, uses the body's nervous system precisely the, the meridian system that's used in acupuncture. You know where people have acupuncture, people still have needles. So there are ways of stimulating that system using your fingers. And so you can tap on yourself. So this is something that I've uh, done with a lot of speakers and taught a lot of speakers um, to use before a speech, but also during a speech. So um, an oil executive I worked with I taught him how to do tapping and he was tapping while he was giving a keynote to 500 people. Mm. Now, so if I, would it be helpful for me to show you how, how to do it? Yeah, absolutely. And just before you show us, cause I'm really excited about that, but doesn't the, the idea of tapping and at the same time trying to speak, would, would that person have some problems with their attention being divided between two mm -hmm. different activities? They wouldn't. So the, the tapping that I taught uh, this uh, client, there is a way to tap on your own fingers that, oh, I'm glad I had a manic manicure earlier on. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a way to tap on your own fingers that can be very unobtrusive. And when you're used to it, you don't have to actually give it any conscious thought. Mm, okay. And 
so the, the way that this works is it sends calming um, signals to the amygdala, which is the fight flight organ in your brain. And research has shown that while you're tapping, your cortisol level, so your stress hormone in your saliva, actually goes down by about a quarter. Wow. So, and for many people, when we start tapping in a minute, it can promote feelings of relaxation. So when I tap on myself, sometimes I even start to yawn. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so ready to give it a go? Absolutely. Do you need me to follow you or is it something you can, you can do by yourself? Why, why not? Why not? <laughs> um, so what you do is you get two fingers and you tap very lightly at the beginning of where your eyebrow starts. That's it. And then you tap on the outside, or the bony bit on the outside of the eye. And then you tap on right under the eye. There's like a little hollow in your, in your bone there. In your, can you feel? Should be mm. slightly, a little bit, low, yeah. Yeah. If you were there, I'd show you exactly if you were like right in front of me. And then under the nose. And then under the mouth. And the outfit you're wearing is perfect because you got I can see your collarbone. So you just tap just underneath your collarbone. There should be like a little hollow. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Good. And then some bonus points that I wouldn't recommend doing on stage, just right on the top of your head, all around the <laughs> crown. Okay. So obviously these are not recommended while you're doing public speaking but the ones i'm going to show you on the on the hands are really really um handy pardon the pun uh so what you do is you if you um you get your thumb and you tap on the top of the nail bed of your index finger that's it and then the next finger down And the next one down. And the next one down. Okay. I feel quite relaxed already, actually. Good. Well, that's yeah. good. Exactly. Yeah. And then you work your way back up. So once you're used to this and you're lucky enough to have a lectern, for example, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're away, aren't you? <laughs> okay, great. So this finger tapping, a lot of men especially like this, and I know you work with a lot of people as tech people. A lot of tech people really, really like this because they don't have to think about it and it just helps to relax them. Mm. Um, and you can obviously do this in a meeting. Imagine if you're in a stressful meeting and you have to do a pitch or you have to defend your, you know, you'll make a point. You can do this under the table. Mm. You see how that could work? Yeah. Um, and also you can put your hands behind your back and do, do it like that. Okay. Now, the other thing, there's a, there's a bonus point on the inside of your wrist, which I find very relaxing. So just under that, that sort of wrist line. Okay, here. Yeah. Okay. And so when people are rehearsing their speech, do you recommend yeah. that they practice doing this, like especially the finger one, you, you recommend they practice that way? So they I get people walking around in my consulting room practicing and tapping 
Mm. And then any particular bits that they have a problem with, like any difficult words, I will get them to, to work on it. And I, because of, I am trying to smooth their anxiety as much as possible. Mm. So I will get them to think about all those horrible things that might go wrong, right? So what if the tech doesn't work? What if um, you forget something? And I get them to think about those stressful things that are going to spike their stress levels while we're tapping. And we, we start to work with some of that in my consulting room so that, because as you know, your, your subconscious will have already entertained all those possibilities anyway, right? So it may as well deal with some of that stuff in the consulting room. Mm. So I will get people to practice the speech while they're tapping. And then um, I can hear where they have stumbling blocks as well. If there are certain words that are difficult or if it's an emotional thing, like a TEDx speaker I worked with a while ago, if it's a really personal, emotional story, we will work on some of those points where, you know, as a singer, you know that thing where, where certain notes, you really have to nail it, right? Where certain points where there's a lot of emotion mm. and you have to get those right. And then you, there's a huge amount of transmission, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what some of the things we work on. So, uh, yes. So tapping is a, is a huge part of, what I do with people as well as we will actually like, we will laugh and we all have lots of fun. And, mm -hmm. um, I will almost play sort of devil's advocate a little bit with people. So if they're really, really nervous and they, they think they can't do it, I get them to practice telling their department that they can't do the speech <laughs> right while we're tapping. Mm -hmm. And often that is like the first, um, kind of, where they think actually it sort of resources the person because they think, yes, I, I can actually do this. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. So speak is better than saying you can't do it. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. And so would you recommend if someone's at home and they're going to try this tapping for themselves, would you recommend that they start out doing, you know, the whole works with the head, et cetera, et cetera. And then as they get closer and closer to the speech, they, rehearse just kind of reining it in a bit and just doing the fingers or how would you recommend that they kind of employ this for their practicing and then into the actual presentation good one so the the advice with this style of tapping which is like the simplest form of tapping is to find four of five points that you like and then use those mm. so we all have our favorites some people don't get on with certain certain points so then try and tap even if you're on the phone, whatever, even if you're walking, walking to the shop to, to buy whatever it is, your, your morning, whatever it is you're buying, mm. uh, do some tapping while you're walking. And the finger tapping, of course, is very, very un, unobtrusive. Um, and then also start to, while you're practicing, do some tapping because it just, um, it smooths everything out. You probably already could mm. have a sense of that. Now, if people, some people don't actually like the actual feeling of the tapping. Um, I worked with a, with a journalist um, who didn't especially like the feeling, but what you can do is you can hold the points mm. and you can even rub them as well. Um, so 
if um, I've had a lot of dental work and while I'm in the dentist chair having dental work, I will actually hold my, my finger points and I'll sort of rub them. Okay. And so there are different ways to stimulate those points. So mm-hmm. you don't just have to tap. Right. Interesting. And um, we were chatting a, a week or two ago and I was telling you that I was reading the book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And he talks quite a lot about just trying to still the mind. And one of the ways that you can do that is use the breathing or get into the body and feel some part of your body and then just try and sort of withdraw this attention and this sort of crazy um, stuff that's going on in here. Yep. So is that related at all? Or would you say that they're completely different and One's a bit basically, there, there are different ways to get to the same state, basically. Mm. Right. So there, there are lots of different ways to, to, to get yourself to, feel, to be more relaxed and to feel more in tune and more, you know, in tune with yourself. Right. Now, tapping is one way to do that. Um, there's a lovely tree behind me. Nature okay, is another way. Yeah, so yeah. nature is another way. Meditation for some people is, is a good way. Um, for some people, you know, they, they like to do the coloring, those coloring books, you know, for, for, for grown-ups. So there are, you just have to find something that's going to work for you and get you into that, that, that state. Mm, okay, great. It's funny, actually, because one thing that I did read, I was reading a book by Robin Kermode, who I think used to be an actor, and he talked about you can, one way to slow yourself down is to just rhythmically squeeze your butt cheeks while you're speaking. And that's, again, another way of getting yourself into the body. You, you end up having a richer sound because your sound's coming yeah. from the body, not from just the head and the mouth. And uh, people always burst out laughing when I say, right, try and squeeze your butt cheeks. But I guess it's, an, it's another way of getting into the body, isn't it? It is. It is. Absolutely. I yeah. think it, 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 it probably is very grounding. Um, very great. I haven't tried it, but thanks for the tip. I'm doing a talk in a couple of weeks' time. I'll try it. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. I, I tend to speak quite quickly, and I find that when I do it, it really does slow me down. Right. <laughs> Get the bouncing up and down. Because you're like trying to concentrate as well, probably. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, and it just, it really does work. So, so yeah, I guess there are lots of ways into it. <laughs> but I know that um, as well as the tapping, there are some techniques that you use when you're working one-to-one with some of your patients. And uh, when we were chatting about these techniques, there was one in particular that I'd never really come across before. And you said it's extremely uh, effective. So perhaps you can share a little bit about your, uh, you know, the, these kind of cutting edge techniques that you yes, use. Yes, of course. Um, so the, the technique that, that, that you're referring to is an eye movement technique that's really, really good for negative memories. Um, so earlier on, I mentioned the, an NHS consultant I worked with who had gone blank in front of 100 colleagues. So she's on stage talking about her specialist subject, which is a lung condition. And all of a sudden, her mind just completely went blank. And she's on stage. She doesn't know what hell she's, she was just saying. The organizer has to step up onto the stage and remind her what she was talking about. Oh so very traumatic memory that then led to her becoming quite phobic mm-hmm. um, so an exposure therapy exposure therapy you probably know is like uh, 
you know, if somebody has a fear of flying, you just tell them like flying is statistically safe and get them on a plane. And they're still terrified because their nervous system doesn't actually respond to like rational statistics about how many accidents there are. The nervous system is going, this is danger, right? This is super, super scary. Yeah. So there are lots of evolutionary reasons why uh, a lot of people are terrified of public speaking, which we can go into later. But so with her, the, the, the kind of sensitizing incident was that going blank on stage incident. So the eye movement technique is really, really helpful for treating those. And it basically makes the, the memory less bothersome. So we've all had really embarrassing things that have happened, you know, or horrible things. And we think about them now and it's almost like we're still back there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the embarrassment or the fear is still there when we think about it now. So that what you need to do is to try and find a way to uncouple that memory from the current reaction because the thing isn't happening now, it, it happened in the past, right? Mm. So this technique is very good for trauma. So it's an eye movement technique that basically um, involves um, finding, finding the memory um, that, that's caused the person's problem, often an anxiety, and then get, having them think about that particular incident while we do this eye movement thing. So then they're thinking about the thing and moving their eyes in a certain, um, certain pattern. Mm. And that, even after like a, a couple, couple of minutes of that, you ask them, so what, what happens now when you think about this thing? And it's often like the worst thing that's ever happened to the person. And they go, well, I can't really think about it now. Or, well, it's not really bothering me now. And so often this technique can be really really good because it's also content free in that case i knew i knew the sensitizing event but if it's something really really traumatic or horrible mm. the person doesn't even have to tell me what it is so it's which is a, there's a bonus to that because then it isn't re-traumatizing to the person yeah uh so it's 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 called integral eye movement therapy and I, uh, I'm one of the practitioners that uh, I'm an advanced practitioner, and I think it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant technique. Uh, out of everything I'm trained in, if I could only have one technique, my desert island one, it would be that one. I have to say, having <laughs> well, that to just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds incredible, and 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 when you say that after a couple of minutes of doing this, people kind of disassociate from from this awful thing that happened to them or the trauma is it that, that do, do they have to kind of keep practicing it and coming back or is it one of those kind of once and done procedures? once it's done it's done once it's done it's done basically wow. Wow. Um, yeah so they could confidently come to you for one session and and expect to get really good results from that maybe they have to come back for more but yeah work in one session it can, it can work very quickly often um especially traumas are obviously more complex. So I wouldn't want to promise everybody that they're going to have like a, a one minute wonder, like success story. Um, but suddenly in that case, it, it, it massively enabled the, it enabled the person to get back 
um, to presenting. Um, that, that's not to say that there aren't still situations that are triggering. Um, just like working with professional speakers, there is always the next thing, right? There's always like, um, one of my colleagues is about to speak to 5,000 people. Now, if you've never done that, mm. there's going to be some anxiety. And there might be, and the way the brain works is really interesting because you will get them to, to think about that event, about next Next week in America, you're going to speak to 5,000 people and they will get like a, they will get like a, a certain amount of fear. Mm. And then you will ask them, so when is the first time you remember feeling that feeling? And then it, often the brain will, the brain does the thing called a transdurational search where it, it might be a time when you were four and like your sibling got an ice cream and you didn't mm. and you, you were too scared to speak up. Like literally that's how complex the brain is and how there are associations. So then you would treat that incident when you were four. This is how like the brain is very complex. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, then the person goes, actually. So then I'll say, how do you feel about now about that 5,000 people thing in America? They're like, oh, I'm all right. Yeah, kind of looking forward to it now. So it isn't, and the other thing I'd like to say, it often isn't that... The person feels like, yay, skyrocketing massive levels of like, you know, like um, Tony Robbins style, uh, whoa, unstoppable. They just go, actually, I feel fine about it. You know, it's just like they feel, and I call this natural confidence, where they feel naturally confident. They don't have to necessarily shout from the rooftop and beat their chest and all the rest of it, you know? Mm, yes, interesting. Because I think people often feel that they need this, like, their, their personality changes and it's 180 degrees different from where they were when they walked in the therapy and they're going to feel like totally yeah. invincible and whoa. and and it to me as a as a mental health expert and therapist i think that probably is unsustainable to to you know <laughs> yes yes absolutely so it's more feeling of quiet confidence or yes. just that, that you're not triggered anymore and you just get on with it exactly yes Fantastic, fantastic. And so can people get in touch with you and find out more about this, this um, eye movement therapy? Because it sounds like it could be a complete godsend for a lot of people. Yes. Who are, their whole lives are being disrupted by the fact that they cannot or do not want to get up on stage and speak. And if they could just have a, a couple of sessions with you, then suddenly everything just goes poof and opens up for them so um yeah just share a bit about how people can contact you olivia yeah, absolutely and, uh, um, so my main uh, social platform is linkedin um so um find me on there olivia james um my website is harleystreetcoach.com um and there's more information about my work there fantastic Brilliant. I'm so pleased that we've had this conversation because now what I can do is I can direct people to listening to this podcast. Well, I guess they have to watch to see the tapping, but at least to listen and then to watch. And then if they need more, then of course they can contact you directly. So that you're doing me an enormous favor because um, while I can help people a little bit with improving their speaking and overcoming some of that sort of more superficial fear, when it's deep, inside and you know it's been with them for ages then it's really good to recommend them to a, a professional like yourself woman like yourself thank you <laughs> thank you likewise and likewise as well with me so I work and I get a lot of referrals we have a mutual uh, 
contact who's referred people to me. Uh, it's nice to be able to refer once I've removed people's anxiety to then remove the, the you know, to, to then send them to a technical expert that can really help them deliver because yeah. that's the way you get the best performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is so exciting. And I t tell me with the tapping before we go, I don't want to keep you too long, but with the tapping, can people use that for things like insomnia? I mean, what else can you use it for? How else can you apply it? You can literally tap um, while you're walking down the street. So if you're worried about something before you go to sleep, you can tap. If you have a, a difficult phone conversation coming up, you can actually hold that collarbone point while you're on the phone. And, you know, you have to do some horrible thing where you have to go, you know, like you have to have a confrontation on the phone or whatever it might be. You can tap. So, uh, it's, it's really good for, for lots of different things anywhere, really where you get a little bit of anxiety or, or stress. Mm. Um, at the same time, you can just walk down the street and not particularly think about anything and do some tapping because your subconscious is worrying away the whole time. So everything that you worried about on that level is actually tuned in anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a very good, it's a really, really good, very portable user-friendly technique. And people may have seen other styles of tapping where you have to say lots of affirmations and words. I'll ask you about that yeah and people get really really hung up on the words mm. and this this is um the these the simple energy techniques are actually um developed by uh, two mentors of mine here, who's a, a psychologist in australia called steve wells and uh, um his um colleague dr david lake who's a medical doctor and psychotherapist and they've come up with this form of tapping because it's much more user-friendly and it's super effective. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to start doing all the affirmations and say, even though I'm terrified, I need to, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Because most people, that creates stress in itself because they go, why are you making me say all that weird stuff? And I don't love and accept myself. Not until I get over whatever it is, you know? So uh, this style of tapping is, is, is very, very usable and very user-friendly. If people have any questions, then feel free to drop me an email as well, um, olivia at harleystreetcoach.com or send me a message on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And they don't even have to think about what the thing is that makes them anxious. They no. just literally do the tapping. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. Because there was a period for about a year, maybe less, when I was every morning, I'd say, right, I'm going to do these three tapping videos on YouTube. And I'd be like, even though, even though this, even though that, and I just got bored. So yes. this sounds like I can, something I can uh, do. And, and often that's, that's a really good point. So on a lot of tapping videos and a lot of tapping practitioners, there are scripts, mm. right? But a script that somebody has written for somebody else isn't going to necessarily work for you. Mm. Uh, or for me you know so scripts are uh, not as personalized as they could be right yeah okay fantastic this is great so I'm gonna sometimes I get a bit a bit of anxiety at night before I go to bed so I'm gonna be lying in bed going, oh, Do some tapping. so yeah exactly where the nail so where the nail bed if you have a good look so right at the top there where the nails that bit Okay. Yeah, you got it. That's okay. it. Yeah. Okay. And did you find any points that you particularly liked that you found relaxing? Uh, 
I'll, I'll play around with it. I think I like the idea of the hand because it's not so obvious to people yes. doing something. But uh, yeah, maybe. I think I'll try the hand first of all and see if that's enough. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Olivia James, for your time today. And I'm sure that this is going to be a, a life-changing interview for some people out there because they know that all they need to do is just get past this anxiety and fear and then the world is absolutely their oyster so please don't hesitate to get in touch with olivia she's super friendly super helpful and i would love it if you contacted her and just just make made contact so thank you again for your time olivia it's been fantastic thank you so much shyla it's been a pleasure great take care if you want more resources to help you ace your public speaking then head on over to sholak.com. You can sign up for helpful weekly tips, download a freebie, or learn about online and in-person live events. See you soon and keep on speaking up.